welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We're going to talk about Jesus for a while, so I hope you're okay with that. And even if you're not okay with it, we're still talking about Jesus. So you better get okay with it. Like my grandpa used to say, he used to say to me, you can get glad in the same drawers you got mad in. And for those of you who don't know, he's not talking about drawers like your dresser drawer down in the south where I was born at. Drawers are pants. And so my grandpa was saying, you can get happy in the same pants you got mad in. So just fix yourself right now. Um, Today we're going to talk about my favorite fruit. Do you see all this fruit on on my platter here? We got a pineapple, banana, some apple. I think this is a grapefruit. It looks like a grapefruit, but cantaloupe, a lemon. We're going to talk about my favorite fruit, and we're going to, we're going to jump off-ish, kind of from where we were talking about last week. And if you weren't here last week and you call Hope City Church your home, as the pastor, I'm going to tell you, you need to go back and listen to that message. It's a message about our, our mission right now in this season, what we're about, what we're doing, where I feel like God is calling us to be effective in our city, in our community, in our nation. So if you call Hope City Church your home, you need to go listen to it. Back in the day, we'd say, go get the tape. But does anybody's car here have a tape player in it? No one? No. Uh, and then we would say after the tape, it'd be like, go get a CD. But, I mean, do we have CD players in cars anymore still? I mean, some cars do. Cherokee's car does. Now what we say is go listen to the podcast or go check it out online, but you need to listen to it. Um, But I want to start off in Ephesians chapter 4. We read this last week, and I want to jump off from here just to refresh our memory. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read the first um, five verses. Therefore, Paul is talking, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, he's begging you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love, and make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Come on, we serve a living God. We don't serve a God that's dead and gone. We serve a living God. So go with me to Galatians. That is the book before Ephesians. So if you've got your Bibles, turn back just a few pages. And we're going to look here in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And today I want to do a bit of a self-check a little bit of self-tests. You know, in this season of COVID, um, you know, sometimes we kind of slacked off a little bit. We've slacked off in our faith. We've slacked off in our relationships. We've slacked off in the way that we act and the way that we treat each other. And last week, part of our message, I was talking about how we are supposed to act and treat each other as believers. And that's why I just read Ephesians chapter 4 to you. Because we're supposed to make every effort to keep the bond of peace, to keep unity. 
And so I want to go look in Galatians chapter 5 at a really important section of scripture. Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and what has happened is this is one of the churches that Paul um, started. He's an apostle. He oversaw it and he started this church and after he left some people showed up and came into the church and started saying listen Paul taught you this but you need to do these Jewish rituals. You need to follow these rules as, as, as well. You need to, they were really big on circumcision. They're, they were trying to get all these guys to go circumcise themselves and if you don't know what it is Google it. But don't look at the images, just read about it. You don't need to look at, just read about it. And he said, that's not, that's not the point. The point is, is living by the Spirit. And today we're going to talk about is living by the Spirit in your life. I can tell you're all really excited about that. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start off here. And um, I'm going to read, we're going to read down to verse 26, but we're going to read it a kind of a chunk at a time, and we're going to look in Romans in a section, in a second. It says this, um, verse 16, Paul's talking, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now, if you're reading from like the New King James or probably the ESV, it'll say, it'll say the word what your flesh desires. New living says sinful nature. Verse 17 says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what your sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law. Does anybody ever have days where you feel like there's two, two things happening inside of you? There's part of you that wants to do right and part of you that wants to do the other stuff? Every day? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Every day, isn't it? I'm glad these guys are here because they're answering my questions and they're being real. It's every day. We all have parts of us inside. There's a part of us, when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible is talking here, and the word here, spirit, is capitalized because it's the spirit of God. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, when you've got the spirit of God living inside of you, the spirit of God wants to do these things that God wants you to do. He's wanting you to act the way that you're supposed to act as a believer. But then inside of you, your flesh, or as the New Living says, the sinful nature has its own desire desires, its own feelings, its own thoughts. And the Bible says that these two things are always butting up against each other. One is always wanting to do the right thing, and the other one is always wanting to do the fun thing. Fun was in quotes if you couldn't see it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm not making this up, right? You understand what I'm saying? Matt, you understand what I'm saying? And I like the phrasing that the New Living uses here in Galatians. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then in verse 18, he says, when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation. Let's just talk about that word guide. And let's just talk about that word directed for a minute. Let's think about movies. Does anybody here like movies? You like to watch movies? You like to be in a movie? Some of you have been in movies, no big deal. But when you're on a movie set, there is somebody on the set 
who's called the director. And I want to tell you today, the Holy Spirit as a believer, as a Christian, is, should be the director of your life. And so what he's saying here is the Holy Spirit directs your life. When the Holy Spirit guides your life, you're not under obligation to the law. You're not under obligation to the flesh. Those things that you want to do that you shouldn't do, when the Holy Spirit is directing your life, you don't have to do those things. Now let's talk about a director for a minute. When you're on a movie set, there's a guy who's the director, and his job is, is to take the vision and his vision and his idea for what he thinks this movie should look like and get all of the actors, all of the players, all of the characters to convey his vision. Do you see where I'm going with this? And so what happens is the actors show up on set. I'm an actor here to do my job. And they show up and the director walks up and says, right, okay, so we're ready to start filming. Now here's what I want you to do. Okay, I'm listening to you. And I want you, here's the scene. It's nighttime. It's dark. You're asleep in a bed. Suddenly your eyes pop open. You wake up. You realize you got to go to the bathroom. You groggily get out of bed. He's trying to paint as clear of a picture as he can for the actors because he wants them to portray his vision. He says, you groggily throw the sheets off and then you get out of bed and you're stumbling around the room. And as you stumble around the room in the dark, you're trying to find your way. You're grabbing onto things. You're grabbing, the, grabbing onto the wall, trying to keep yourself from falling over and stumbling over things. And as you're stumbling across the floor, you suddenly step on a, a, a jack. You know, like, who knows what jacks are? <laughs> Going way back. For those of you who don't know, jacks were torture devices made for little children. These metal things that, I don't, you had a ball and you picked them up. Anyways. And, and, and I want you, the director says, I want you to step on this jack in the middle of the night when you're half asleep, stumbling around trying to find your way. And then what I want you to do is I want you to react. But the way that I want you to react is not by screaming profanities and throwing things around the room and kicking things over and punching holes in the wall. The way that I want you to react is in calm. I want you to be peaceful. I want you to say, ow, oh my. My goodness, what happened? This does not feel delicious on my foot. Now, we all know if that happened to us, that's not how we would react in the middle of the night, is it? My point is, is that a director on a movie set, and we're all okay with this because we expect a director, we expect this person to guide and tell the movie actors how to portray the vision for this film and how the character is supposed to act and react in any given circumstance. But what I want to say to you is that right here in this scripture, Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit should guide and direct your life. And so as you move through life, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're dealing with, and whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit is the one guiding and directing you so that you don't have to, like he talks about, you've got that other side of you that wants to react, that wants to throw things, that wants to pick up that chair and toss it across the parking lot because you're mad about something, or you want to go scream at somebody, or you want to punch a hole in the wall. There's one side that wants to act the wrong way, and the Spirit of God on the inside of you is saying, I want you to act this way. 
I want you to produce my kind of fruit in your life. Are you, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 real quick. Hold your place in Ephesians. We're going to come back here. Romans chapter 12. Paul's talking now to the Romans. And he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, in verse 1, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In the New King James, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed in the Greek is the word metamorpho, uh, like metamorphosis. So when a caterpillar completely changes and transforms into a butterfly, and that word renewing is actually the word renovate. God wants to completely change you from who you were, from this person over here into a beautiful butterfly, by the renovating of your mind. You see, the two sides, listen. I think we all know this, but maybe we don't. We are a spirit. Each and every person that's born and is alive has an eternal part of them, which we call the spirit. And that part of you is the part that will live forever. We all have a body. That's the part that we can see, right? I'm looking at Jonathan right now. That's his body. That houses his spirit. And inside of that, we have the soul, which is the mind and the will and your emotions. Do you see what I'm saying here? There's three parts to all of us. And the Bible talks about how the spirit and the soul are always fighting against each other. And the soul is made up of your mind and your will, and your emotions. And so here in Romans, Paul says, God wants to transform you. He wants to metamorpho. He wants to metamorphosize you from who you were into a complete new being by the renovation of your mind, by renovating what was in here into what he wants it to be. And how does he do that? By the work of the Spirit. By letting the Holy Spirit guide and direct your life, like he says here in Galatians chapter 5. And you're like, Jake, what does this have to do with this fruit on your platter? Well, just hang on. We're going to get there in a second. Go back to Galatians with me. You see... Religion, organized religion, it seeks to change you from the outside in. They try to put in place all these rules and regulations to try and force the changes they want to see 
externally to change internally. But the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, relationship with Him always starts internally to work externally. He wants to start on the inside of you to produce the fruit that he desires to see. He doesn't want to come along and put these things on you on the outside to try and make you and mold you and shape you that way. He wants to work inside of you to produce the fruit so it's coming out of you. And that's why it's so important to let the Holy Spirit guide and direct your life so that you're not walking around acting and talking and thinking. Listen, maybe some of you act and talk great. Maybe your worst thing in life is the way that you think. Maybe you got thoughts running through your mind that you know that you should shut down, that you know I should not allow these thoughts in my head, that I need to quiet these thoughts, but you allow those thoughts to run rampant through your head. You need to make those thoughts mind in the name of Jesus. Okay, don't shout me down now. It's okay. Galatians chapter 5, let's go back to verse 19. And it says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. The actual word for that lustful pleasures is actually vices, as in addictions, things that you're stuck and you can't get out of. Idolatry. Let me tell you what that word idolatry really means. Image worship. So not just worshiping some kind of idol. Maybe your idol is yourself. Maybe your idol is your image. Maybe your idol is you and how you look and how people think about you. Or maybe your idol is your kids or your grandkids or your job or your car or all kinds of different things. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, which is angry talking and fighting, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when it says in the New King James, it says anyone living that sort of life, what it actually is talking about is anybody practicing that kind of life. It's not talking about making a mistake one time. It's not talking about, oh man, I made a mistake and I sinned. It's talking about practicing. And you know what they say, practice makes perfect. It's talking about people who choose to say, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm practicing at this. He says, those kind of people who practice this lifestyle are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're like, Jake, why are you focusing on this passage of scripture? Well, I'm focusing on it for a minute, because we can look at this and you can say, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not sexually immoral. I'm not impure. I don't have vices and lustful pleasures in my life, and I don't have an idol that I worship, and I, I definitely, I don't practice sorcery or witchcraft, um, and I don't, well, maybe I have some selfish ambition. See, those first few were kind of like, oh, those are big. Those are big things, and I don't deal with those. But look at these last few here. It talks about selfish ambition, decision, which is quarreling and fighting. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and things like this. Maybe there's other areas in your life where you've allowed yourself to slip. What kind of fruit do you have in your life? 
Take stock of your life for a minute. I said I wanted to start out, and I was kind of a self-check message today. And I want to ask you to candidly take a look at your life for a minute and ask yourself, what kind of fruit are you producing? Is the Holy Spirit producing His fruit, which we're going to look at in a second here, or is your flesh producing fruit in your life? You say, well, I don't know. How do I know what kind of fruit I'm producing? Well, take stock of your life. What do your relationships look like? Do you have fighting all the time? Do you have division everywhere you go? Do you find that people don't want to be around you? Are your thoughts running out of control? Are you dealing with fear and anxiety and stress all the time? What kind of fruit are you producing in your life? He says here, when you're following the sinful nature, when you're following the flesh, it's easy to see. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. He's basically saying you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out. But then he goes on here and he says this. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now I've got this platter out here. And the Lord said this to me. That a lot of us think of the fruit of the Spirit as the fruits of the Spirit. And what we do is we say, oh, I'll take this one. I'll take love and I'll take goodness. And these are my fruits. And I'm taking them over here. And this is all I have. But I've got two of the nine and that's okay. And I'm happy with two of the nine. And I live with two of the nine. And I'll work on the other seven. Or maybe you like bananas better. And this banana is kindness. And this nectarine is self-control. And I'm really good at being kind, and I'm really amazingly good with self-control. So these are my fruits. And I'll take, sorry, there's two here. Only meant to have one. And I'll take these two fruits, these two fruits of the Spirit. And even sometimes people misname them, and they call them the fruits of the Spirit. But I want to show you something. The fruit of the Spirit is singular it's not plural it's singular and jacob can you open this for me peel that bad boy i'm going to come over here for a second watch jacob peel that it's very important You don't have to stand under the rain and peel it, Jacob. <clears throat> Many of us think about the fruits plurally. But this is what the Spirit of God said. Okay, hang on to that for a second. Why? Guys, we're just being real. It's raining. We have to sort this out. <laughs> and that's okay. We're having church in the parking lot. Many of us think of the fruits, the fruits as the way that I just showed you. Like, I'm going to take this one, I'm going to take this one, and I'm going to, this person, Jacob definitely needs that banana. He needs that fruit. He needs the fruit of the nectarine. He needs that fruit. But many of us 
Think of them individually as the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit of God said, see, Jacob took this awesome grapefruit, and it was one fruit, wasn't it? But when he opened it up inside, are you listening? Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? This is important. Yes, it's rain. We live on the West Coast. It happens like 300 days a year. As we open up the one fruit, what do we find? Jacob, break that apart. And show everybody. Oh my gosh, Jacob opens up the one fruit, but inside the one fruit, there's many pieces. There's many aspects. There's many parts to it. This is the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit. You don't get to just pick which fruit you want. You don't get just to say, I have love in my life and everybody else can take a hike. You don't get to say, I have kindness and somebody else gets this one. You get them all when the Spirit of God is working in your life, when He's guiding and truly directing your lifestyle. Are you listening? When he's truly directing your life, you get all the pieces of the fruit. You get love. You get joy. You get peace. You get patience. You get kindness. You get goodness. You get gentleness. You get self-control. You get it all. Throw that one too. (laughs) You get all the pieces. Pieces. You get all the pieces of the fruit because this is what God wants to see. He's wanting to work in your life, all of it, not just one piece. Listen, come on, what kind of God would he be if he was content with only seeing love in Mauricio's life or only seeing joy in Jacob's life or only seeing peace in your life? What kind of God would he be if he said, that's good enough, that's all you get. i got to give some of this to other people. He wants you to have it all in your life so that you can be a reflection of who he is everywhere you go because he's not a God with one aspect he's not a God with only one fruit of the spirit in his life he doesn't just have kindness he doesn't just have patience he's got it all Jacob's like how much longer I gotta stand here (laughs) you can go sit down no just leave it for now we'll let the birds eat it or something as I blew through this list of Fruits, I want to read this to you just so you can see what these fruits really are. Love is agape in the Greek, and it's unconditional love. It's not love when it's easy, it's not love when it's fun, it's not love when it's a feeling. The fruit of the Spirit is unconditional love. Joy is the Greek word kara, and it means rejoicing and gladness. Not just happiness, rejoicing and gladness. Peace is the Greek word irene, and it means harmony, peace of mind, and tranquility. When you've got the Spirit of God directing your life, when you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, you should be walking in harmony, peace of mind, and tranquility. Listen, maybe you deal with anxiety. Maybe you deal with stress. Let me tell you something. When you allow the Spirit of God to direct your life, to lead you and guide you, that stress and that anxiety has no place because one of the fruits of Spirit is peace. 
Patience is the Greek word makrothumia, and it means this. Self-restraint before proceeding to action. The quality of a person who is able to avenge themselves, but refrains from doing so. That's what patience really means. I could show you I'm right, but I'm not going to. I'm going to refrain. I'm going to be patient. Goodness is benevolent, active goodness. Kindness is useful, profitable, gentle disposition, and gracious. Are you seeing how good God is by giving us this fruit of the Spirit that our lives should have these things working and flowing in? Do you see these things in your life? Do you see these things in your life? Can you take stock of your life and say, I can see God working in my life in these areas. Faithfulness is to win over, persuade, conviction, belief in the truth with veracity. And I want to read gentleness to you from my big book here. Gentleness is the word meekness, mildness, or forbearance. And primarily, it does not denote an outward expression of feeling, but an inward grace of the soul, calmness toward God in particular. It's the acceptance of God's dealing with us, considering them as good, and that they enhance the closeness of our relationship with Him. Did you get that? Self-control is temperate marked by moderation, self-restraint, as in there's no extremes or excessiveness, excessive behavior. This is the kind of fruit that the Spirit of God wants to produce in your life. When you call yourself a believer, when you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, when you lay your life down on the cross, with Jesus, and you say, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives inside of me, then the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit begins to go to work and wants to produce things in your life. And he wants to produce this from the inside out. He wants to produce that fruit in you. He doesn't want you to produce your own fruit. He doesn't want you to have to walk around and deal with all the, the things that we read in verse 19 and 20. All the works of the flesh. The two are fighting against each other continually. When the Spirit of God is directing your life, when He is directing your thoughts, when He is directing your actions, when He is actively leading and guiding you, this is the fruit that will be produced from the inside out. So as we continue to move forward as believers, as Christians, as a church community, as followers of Christ, I want you to examine your life. I want you to examine your fruit. I want you to pick up the pieces of your life and say, what does my life look like? What would people say about me as a person? What kind of fruit do they see hanging off of my tree? Who am I? Do I look like Jesus or do I look like myself? Which is never the place you really want to be. When people look at you, what you want them to see 
is obviously yourself, but the Jesus in you. Because that's what draws people to God. Amen. Let's pray together. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.